Hello and welcome to What Else Do You Do. I'm your host, Masao. I'm an indie producer in Montreal, working for Studio Cut to Bits. And today, our guest is Shana Moon. Please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Shana Moon. Um, I am a senior technical program manager at Unity Technologies, and I've been working in the games industry for about five years, uh, currently based in sunny Los Angeles, California. Well, that's very exciting, but this podcast is called What Else Do You Do? So what else do you do? Well, last year, starting in September, I started fostering cats and kittens. I work with a rescue out of LA called kittenrescue.org. And up until today, uh, I have currently fostered 19 cats. 19 cats. And mm-hmm. uh, how long did you say? You said you started last September? Last September, yeah. Like mid September. So that's 11 months? Mm-hmm. Just about. 19 cats in 11 months. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> mostly Is kittens. It mostly kittens? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Do you get seven, whole litters or? Yeah. So the first time, the first time I ever, ever fostered, I got two. And that's kind of like, I got two kittens who were like very, very healthy and doing very good. And that's kind of typical for like when you're first starting out. But um, since then I've had, I've had a litter of four, I've had a litter of five and my most recent was a litter of four. So you can imagine I live in a studio apartment, so it can get a little <laughs> A little rambunctious, um, and yeah, but it, it's it's really wonderful. Like having kittens around all the time is great. Yeah, I, I, that sounds pretty cool. I mean, intense, but pretty cool. So how how young are these kittens? Or uh, I guess it depends on the litter. But is there like a typical age that you get them? Yeah, the way that it works is if you find a cat that has kittens, or you just find kittens. The adoptable age for a kitten is usually around eight weeks because that's when they're able to get spayed and neutered. And unfortunately, the animal uh, shelter system is always swamped with cats, especially in the United States and especially in major cities like LA. So mm-hmm. sometimes when shelters have people come to them with kittens that are younger than eight weeks, they will actually turn them away. Or unfortunately, um, many, many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of kittens are actually put to sleep each year just because shelters do not have capacity for them. So what I do as a foster is I provide just space for these kittens. So the youngest that I've had, I think we're about four weeks. And four weeks old for kittens is kind of a a transitional stage where they're still wanting milk. So we'll, we'll give them goat's milk or we'll give them this milk replacer called KMR kitten milk replacer. And then kind of this very gross mixture of chicken baby food and very, very wet cat food. Yeah, it's disgusting. I mean, I can't... Cat food in in general is pretty gross. (laughs) Well, after, after taking care of like really, really young cats who need this kind of like gross slurry uh my cat victoria she just eats like a can of food a day and that's like the easiest thing in the universe because i don't have to mix (laughs) it's like this this actually could even look like human food yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah so at, at about four weeks they are mobile eyes are open ears are open you know they know that they want to be around a warm thing they know that they want to eat food um usually about 
around that time is when they are able to start like going to the bathroom on their own. And one thing that's really wonderful about cats is they actually litter train themselves. Just if you have some dirt around, they will just figure it out. So kittens around that age, I've never, I've never so far fostered any younger than that. Once you get into kind of the two to three, even one month, uh, or one week old, those are typically referred to as neonatal kittens. Mm -hmm. And those are kittens that are at an age where they're just constantly being taken care of by their moms. And so their rate of success with fosters is, is lower just because they need so much round the clock care. Yeah. They can also, yeah, it's gotta be pretty intense. It is, it is. And there are some like really wonderful people out there who, who make it their mission to, to foster kittens that age. I haven't had the opportunity or anything like that. I think, you know, getting them, even getting them in at four weeks, they're pretty fragile. Um, but it's really rewarding. I mean, they grow so fast. You see all these different stages of development. You see them figure out how to play. You see them figure out how to interact with each other. So Victoria, the cat I mentioned before, she was an adult cat that I fostered who became what is typically referred to as a foster fail, <laughs> which is just when you're fostering and you end up keeping one of the animals that you fostered. This last litter of kittens that I had actually got the opportunity to like observe her and interact with her. So I got to kind of watch them figure out how to interact with an adult cat. And that was really fun. Mm -hmm. um, so it really is, you know, it, it, it can be, it was a little bit scary at first because they are literally babies. And I was like, oh, I've got these babies. What do I do with them? But if you just do the things that you need to do to take care of them, the rest of the time is just hanging out with cute kittens. Okay. How, how does your, uh, how does Victoria feel about the fact that there's always <laughs> kittens rolling through? Well, so Victoria was my foster before this litter came. Okay. So this okay, was her so this first was time. The, this was the first. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, she responded well to it. I had them out in kind of a pet playpen in the middle of my apartment. So like a mesh and cloth playpen with a zipped up top so they can't get out. Uh, mm -hmm. And she kind of hissed at them the first couple of days <laughs> that they were here. But but that's honestly, that's just how they communicate. Um, yeah. I've had other fosters that hiss and, and you know, hissing is just a way that cats vocalize. It, it is scary. It's kind of a scary sound, but, you know, that they are animals and that's how they kind of figure out their place in the world. So basically what Victoria was telling those kittens was, hey, this is my house. <laughs> you are guests. And then, and then eventually, you know, she gets a, a lot of what has a lot of what you need to do to get cats to get along with each other is just like getting them accustomed to each other's scent. Mm -hmm. And after the kittens had been here for a while, when they were in the tent, she wasn't bothered by them at all. And then gradually, I just started kind of introducing themselves them to just being kind of roaming around the apartment. And as of like a couple weeks ago, when they were here, they would just kind of interact with her. There was really, there was one boy, uh, this, I have had this kitten Rex who is named for Rex from the Mass Effect series. Um, and he just did not have manners and would just like <laughs> jump after her and try to like play with her tail. And then she'd hiss at him and then he'd get the, get the message and run away. You know, it's, it's, 
it was it was a really interesting thing to see and really sweet. So what triggered everything? Like what made you decide that this is something you really wanted to do? Because I mean, it's not a it's not a casual I'm, thing. So first of all, I can tell you that I did not have pets growing up. I had fish. I am actually allergic to cats. <laughs> Um, uh, the way that it happened was my good friend Yuna has two cats and she needed to go out of town during COVID lockdown. There was a family emergency and she needed someone to come and watch her cats. And I had been around them a bit and they're, they're super docile and super sweet. And I was like, you know, I haven't really had that bad of an allergic reaction to them. I can take Claritin. Let me do it. I'll just see how this goes. And I did it. And I stayed at her place and watched them for a week. And I had just the most wonderful time doing it. And she was already connected with Kitten Rescue. She adopted her cats from that rescue. And I had such a positive experience. I was like, I think I might want to actually foster? And she was like, yeah, I'll get you connected to the woman. The woman I work with, with Kitten Rescue, her name's Anne-Marie Luddy. She's like a super pro cat rescuer. She's been doing it for over 20 years. And I sent her a text and said, hey, I think I want to foster. And the, the process of becoming a foster with a rescue, it's really not overly complicated They want to see the space that the cats are going to be in. They want to know a little bit about your history. Since my friend kind of vouched for me and told her about the week that I had spent taking care of them, I kind of already had an in. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it was just waiting for cats to come in. There actually was a pair of kittens. And I got the text from her and she was like, all right, like, are you ready to foster? And I totally chickened out. Like, I was super nervous. I, I... you know, the idea of having these two little lives that I was taking care of and responsible for was like, really scary. (laughs) But the next time that she came around and asked, I just kind of pushed myself over the edge and said, yes, for me, fostering became a thing that I was doing while I was in quarantine. And it was a thing that added some life to my apartment. It it gave me something to do that wasn't sitting at my computer because my job was at the computer. And also like most of my hobbies involved the computer or looking at a screen. And so having the kittens around, you know, they gave me a lot of routine. I was also at the time just really experiencing a lot of depression, exhaustion, just from having, you know, I think everybody experienced that. And and probably a lot of people are still experiencing that. But yeah. it was just so hard to even get out of the bed in the morning at some time. So knowing that I needed to get up at 8am to get these kittens fed was a very good motivator to actually like, get up and feel like I had a reason to to be waking up as opposed to just like, you know, I'm getting up, I'm doing my job, I eat, I sleep, like repeat. So it was it was really refreshing in that regard, because every single day was different. Hmm. Let's relate back to game dev. So what do you get out of this that you don't get out of game development? Oh, so much. I mean, I love game development and game development is what I want to do. It is the thing that I feel like at times, like my brain 
is specifically calibrated to do. It's, it's my favorite thing in the world. But being able to do this fostering, you know, it gave me a sense of purpose. It gave me a reason to wake up in the morning because it was not just about me anymore. It was not just about like my life. It was about the lives that I needed to take care of. And it also just, it gave me something to do physically. Like I think it, when you can't leave your apartment, it is so, so hard to really engage with stuff on a physical level. Like, you know, you can do, you can do exercise at home. You can do a lot of stuff kind of in, in isolation, but it, at a certain point, it just continues to feel very artificial. And for me, like being able to, you know, I would go into my bathroom, which is where the kittens will usually stay the first couple of weeks. And there's a huge mess, just terrible mess in my bathroom. And I'm like, okay, I have to clean this up. And it's like, just this physical distraction. It's all these like little beings. And and I know for some people, like, I was not a pet person before I started doing this. And I totally did not get that, like, animals end up having their like own unique personalities and just being able to interact with those personalities was like so refreshing because um I actually I changed jobs last year so mm-hmm. my job with Sony ended at the beginning of March and then I started my new job at the end of April with Unity and so I still have not met any of my coworkers uh in person except for like the people that I already knew and that has been so difficult, especially for somebody in production or project management or product management. Mm-hmm. You know, our whole jobs are about people and interacting with people and and forming those connections. And so I was really lacking that. And it was really hard. I was going through this very and and also I I came into a role where I was doing a much more tech facing role than I had ever done before. And everything just seemed harder. And just, just everything was hard every single day at at my work. Like my work was super supportive of me and everyone is super nice. And, you know, that stuff was all good. But in terms of what I was actually trying to learn and trying to learn to do, it was incredibly difficult. And so having the kittens to come back to like just being able to get away from my computer for an hour, just to like sit in my bathroom and hang out with kittens. Like it did so much for, for my mental health. Um, It, it really was a big factor in just like generally keeping me sane last, last winter. Um, Especially when I wasn't able to go um, and back and visit with my family for the holidays. That was really, really hard. And I felt so happy. Like I I had a pair of kittens over like the week of Christmas. And I think that if I had actually just been alone, that week would have been so hard. Um, Because not being able to see family was like the worst. I know like everybody went through that. And for me, like having the kittens around was a big part of how I was able to cope with it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Being a single person living in a space that is like, frankly, not super big because I live in California, <laughs> it really starts to wear on you. And and I can just be honest and say, like, I've struggled with mental health for a long time, much, much longer than before COVID. And I remember 
in March being like, ah, we're going to go into lockdown and I'm going to have to be isolated. But like, I've had mental illness. Like I have all these coping strategies. I'm going to do fine. And (laughs) I was so wrong. (laughs) I was unbelievably just like crushingly wrong. It, it, for the first like couple of weeks, I was like, yeah, coping strategies. I got this. And then it was just like the time just chipped away at me and just like my heart and soul until, like I said, just like every single little thing that I tried to do was so hard. So yeah, it was really difficult. And the the cats helped a lot. Okay. Let's flip that question over. How do you think this affects you as a game developer in terms of your process or creative output? I think that one of the most positive things that it does for me, frankly, is it just gets me to stop thinking about work for a few hours. I think that we have a real problem sometimes in this industry where people think that this job or this this discipline has to be your whole life if you're going to be successful. And I have definitely fallen into that trap like earlier in my career. And I have seen the effect that it can have on other people. I've seen the effect that it can have on me. And and really, if you're just thinking about one discipline or one thing, one problem all the time, you know, your brain doesn't get a rest and it doesn't get the opportunity to take in other information. And so I see something like switching my brain mode from, you know, producer mode trying to figure out how I'm going to get a bunch of different tasks to fit. How am I going to get this meeting to work? How am I going to get this information to be consumable by this team? When I get the opportunity to kind of put those processes on pause and switch my brain over to, okay, I have to clean this playpen. I have to give the kittens meds. I have to feed them. I have to brush them. I have to make sure that Victoria is taken care of that's such a different kind of problem solving, even though it is still kind of like time related problem solving. I think that it's just, it's just kind of a being able to switch those contexts gives the other part of your brain a chance to rest. Also, it just makes me so much happier at work. It makes me so much feel so much lighter. It makes me feel so much more positive. Um, It, really just like makes it so much easier for me to get along with people when I'm having a tough day or when I'm dealing with a tough situation, knowing that I can go and like sit and have four kittens crawl all over me in like a couple hours. Like that makes life so much easier just knowing that there's something to look forward to. Um, And in terms of, in terms of like the actual practical things that I do day to day in terms of like, I'm a program manager, so I do a lot of logistical stuff. I get people to talk to each other. I um, schedule stuff. I make make sure that information gets to where it needs to go. I basically do a lot of the same stuff when I'm dealing with um, trying to get my fosters adopted. So there's a lot of like me coordinating with the rescue, you know, when is this going to go up on the website? What forms do we want to like post these specific kittens in? Um, How are we going to make sure that everybody gets vaccinated and fixed and microchipped and flea treated? It's a whole balancing act of of dates and costs and, and all kinds of stuff. So it's definitely transferable skills. I just think that 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 aspect of, okay, I am no longer thinking about 
you know, the pipeline of how we're going to get this feature into the branch or whatever. Like, I'm not thinking about that. And so when I come back to that question, I'm actually like much more refreshed. And, and I think that that's been very helpful. Okay. So one last question. What is something you'd like people to know about fostering kittens? It is not as hard as it might seem. And the benefits that it gives these cats is like immeasurable. You, you can literally save a life or multiple lives in one shot. I know everybody's not a big animal person. I certainly wasn't, but you can do so much good. And I think that in our lives today, there are so few opportunities that we get to just like do a thing and then immediately know that it was good and know that we benefited someone or something. I mean, I can get, I can get emotional here because I, I had a kitten in October uh, who actually passed away. Uh, You know, these kittens come in very young. They can have things going on. They can have birth defects. You know, you can do everything you possibly can and they can still not make it. Um, I had a little kitten. Her name was Wicca. She was a little black cat and she just, she just wasn't strong enough and, and couldn't make it. And that heartbreak was absolutely devastating. And I felt awful about it. And I, I still think about that sometimes, but that kitten had a couple of weeks of care from me instead of being on the streets or being in a shelter. Not that shelters don't, the shelters in Los Angeles do absolutely everything that they can for animals. There's a lot of really passionate people that work there. They're just constantly overwhelmed by the sheer number of animals. Um, but me fostering that kitten, you know, she had a quality of life for a couple of weeks that she never would have had otherwise. And I do think that in the grand scheme of things, you know, making that one little life a little bit better before it ended is worth it and was worth my time. And, you know, 19 cats that I fostered, who knows how many of them just could not have been brought into the system if I hadn't been available to foster. And, you know, they've mostly all been adopted at this point. And some of them I've been adopted to friends and I see how happy my friends are with them. And I, uh, I had a couple of kittens who were adopted to a, a single father and his daughter and the daughter just absolutely loves them. It, it is so rewarding and, and it's really not that hard. I think that if I can do it with my studio apartment and my cat allergy, uh, anybody can do it. And again, like if you're looking for something that will just immediately be a good thing that you can do to just like put out into the world, um, fostering, fostering cats and, and really fostering any animals, fostering dogs, fostering other pets, um, it, it really does, I think, make a difference in the world for, for a living creature. Um, so I would encourage people who, who maybe have never even thought about it or people who have thought about it but are kind of scared. Um, there's a really great YouTube channel called Kitten Lady, and she has so many informative videos just about 
uh, fostering kittens and the process and like what you'll encounter from very, very early neonatal kittens all the way through like three months, four months old kittens. And I think that taking a look at that, you can see like it really isn't that hard. Um, And the other thing is we go through so much heartbreak in animal rescue and a lot of it is because people don't spay and neuter their pets. And so I would say to people, if you have a pet that is not spayed or neutered, you need to take care of that because we are seeing this year the effect of what happens when we are not able to get a lot of animals spayed and neutered just because a lot of the clinics were closed due to COVID last year. um, And they were actually deemed unessential by the state. And so we were not able to do the usual sort of trap and neuter and return programs. And so we are seeing a much, much higher volume of kittens this year. And unfortunately, there just are not enough homes for them. So really, really encourage people, get your pets spayed or neutered. Um, There's low cost options available um, all around the city. So yeah, so that would be my my cat and kitten soapbox. And if you heard that little meow in the background, that was Victoria. Victoria Victoria. agrees. Victoria says spay and neuter neuter your pets. (laughs) We We didn't get Bob Barker, but Victoria is here to tell people to spay and neuter their pets. Hi, baby. Hi. She's perfect. She's my angel baby. <laughs> well, um I think uh I think that's it. Well, thank you very much and uh, have a good afternoon. Yeah, man, thank you too. Thank you for listening and thank you to Dave Wallace for providing the music. Thank you to Therese Lance for providing the logo. Bye.